0: And if we're really going to get in and get dirty, which is what this podcast is about, I think that, you know, we just have survived the fires. Let's let's now watch my relationship crumble into oblivion, shall we?
1: Wow. Uh, Okay. Um, on this episode, we're going to talk about why traveling with your brand spanking new significant other for the very first time abroad for an extended period of time is a bad idea. Honestly, there is no number two or three. I got nothing. Because nothing is worse than this. So pull out your chaise lounge, grab a glass of wine, your relationship therapist, and get comfy. Because we about to get therapeutic on that ass.
0: To the travel horror stories podcast a show that listens to real stories from travel bloggers and travelers just like you then we unpack those stories to discuss safety tricks prevention treats horror hacks and follow-up tactics the goal is to turn travel nightmares into dreams of beaches sunshine and margaritas
1: And as always, you can head over to TravelHorrorStoriesPodcast.com for this and all the previous episodes, their show notes, and links to all the other places you enjoy listening to podcasts. If you're listening via Apple Podcasts, don't forget to give the episode a five-star rating and leave a comment because that will help more people find the show.
0: And now, live from the Reverence Travel Studio in downtown Toronto, Canada, here's your host, Christopher Rudder.
1: The weather outside is December. What that means is bring a jacket, a coat, an umbrella, a winter hat, snow pants, and rain boots. The weather is all over the place and unpredictable, so dress accordingly. It's 2019? No. Yeah, 2019. No, it's
0: 2020. (laughs) Damn it,
1: 2020. (laughs) We are in the second wave of COVID-19. Toronto is still in the lockdown. Uh, one of the joys of living in the biggest, most populated city in the country. Uh, if you have no idea what COVID-19 is at this point, then I want to live where you live. So having a quick look at the calendar, we are about three days away from Christmas, so I want to take a second to say happy holidays to all of you and yours, and happy holidays, Nora. Uh, I would usually accompany that with happy new year, but I figure 2021 really can't be any worse than 2020, and I really don't want to jinx anything.
0: I don't even know what day it is. Is it? I <laughs> I don't even know. I mean, I know it's day because there's light coming through my window, but other than that, I have I've lost all touchstones of of the year, the week, the month. I. I... It's just, is
1: this is this what is this what our lives has come down to now? There's light coming through the window, so it must <laughs> be daytime. <That's> well,
0: <laughs> and I, and you know what, I think it's time for me to come clean to your audience about the, the complete and utter mishmash that is this recording right now, which happens to be happening an hour and 20 minutes after it's supposed to. Why? Because I, and I'm a woman who really, I have my stuff together, okay? I don't miss appointments. I, I'm, I'm punctual, if not early, for everything. I am, I am the, the complete picture of having my everything <laughs> together. I missed it. I missed it because I was talking on the phone to my dad and I didn't get the notifications. I don't miss interviews. This is this is the virus, the pandemic has done this to me. It's turned me into a mess. It's made me realize how precarious my Zen really
1: is. Oh no. For me, I was more like, uh, is she okay? Because of all this <laughs> stuff that's going on. My thinking is like, is she okay? Cause I know that you're punctual and I, I know 100% that you, you're like literally down to the minute with stuff. So um, yeah, so you know it's all good. I'm glad that you're good. I'm glad that you're talking with your pops because you know should check in with our family members and things like that. Especially now, just we can't see them in person and we're all in isolation. So it would be different if you were like, I don't know, I just slept in, just thought that (laughs) I'll just send them a message an hour later and be like, "Eh, you still want to do this or not? But you know, um, you're talking with your dad, so I can't. You know, I'm not gonna argue about that, that's totally fine, right? Oh,
0: well um, your compassion and your understanding is is definitely taken <laughs> to heart.
1: Excellent. I try. Before we get into this episode, I mean, and before we speak to our guest, which we already did. Um, yes, that's Nora. Who but before is this we woman get, woman
0: who keeps talking,
1: she won't <laughs> let me host my damn podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, so this is episode twenty, and for those of you who are new to the show, on every fifth episode, Nora will join me and share one of her many crazy travel horror stories. The five-part series was inspired by her blog post, Brace Yourself, Travel Isn't All Roses and Lollipops, which, of course, I will link in the show notes. It's definitely a great read. Uh, The series started back with episode 15, which I will also link in the show notes. So we are in for a real treat, and I'm so glad you guys are all here hanging out with us today. Nora, how are you?
0: We're in for a treat indeed. You know, I, I don't know if this is, I'm starting to think about this the whole idea of, you know, Nora traveled the world for 12 years and all this crazy stuff happened to her. I mean, she, so much so that she's a touchstone in this podcast. You know, I don't know that this makes me a very good advertisement <laughs> for travel as a lifestyle. I think the first thing I need to make sure everybody understands is that <clears> hoop <throat> happens. It happens regardless of whether you travel. It just happens to be a lot more colorful on the road. Uh, Literally and figuratively, Um, perhaps because we don't have the same um, support networks or we don't have the same familiarity or environment around us.
1: Before we get into um, your story, just tell us a little bit about uh, your blog, uh, The Professional Hobo, uh, in case people are listening to this episode for the first time.
0: All right, then. Uh, Hi. Hello. Hello. I am Nora Dunn. Uh, I am also known as the professional hobo. I sold everything I owned in Toronto in 2006 to embrace my dreams of long-term and culturally immersive travel. Uh, I'm as surprised as anyone else to have realized in retrospect that I actually traveled the world full-time for 12 years. And uh, virus notwithstanding, I continue to travel uh, approximately half of every year. That um, perhaps this is going to change. Coming out the other side of COVID nineteen, uh, there's lots of. <laughs> you can be as optimistic or pessimistic as you want about what the future of travel is going to be. Uh, but right now, travel uh, it, for me it involves uh, traveling uh, with great enthusiasm from my living room to my kitchen to my bedroom, with regular trips to the bathroom. It is a <laughs> fascinating journey.
1: Regular trips. <laughs> Uh, okay Um, i'll spare
0: everybody that drama and move (coughs) back to my website because it's glorious um when we can travel again you will be riveted by the content thereof uh because it's not just all of my uh cultural observations and armchair misadventures but i also teach people how to travel full-time in a financially sustainable way Uh, So uh, not only do I speak about travel, but I do parlay my former expertise as a financial planner into my content to teach people how to organize all the stuff they don't want to think about uh, so they can travel responsibly, safely, and much longer than they ever thought they could.
1: Awesome. Do you want to play a game?
0: Of course I want to play a game.
1: <laughs> Excellent. Let's play uh, three stories, two truths, one lie. Nora is going to tell me three stories. Two of them are going to be true. One of them is going to be a lie. And I'm going to have to try to guess the lie. At the very moment, um, I won the last round. So I'm one up right now. So let's see if she can stomp me.
0: All right. I, I'm totally going to stump you on this one. This is it. You've, I've got this one. It's in the bag already. You know what? You may as well concede right now, but we'll go through the exercise of me telling my three stories anyway, um, because they're really good. Now we have a theme and the theme is interactions I've had with famous people. Now what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you my three truths and they're all true, of course, but I'm not going to give you any context. You're getting the punchline and that's it. You have to decide which one is true.
1: or false because they are all true right all right
0: (laughs) all right truth number one David Copperfield made me disappear in a magic act truth number two David Carradine barked at me truth number three Woody Harrelson taught me to ride a Segway go
1: Oh, yeah. Damn you. (laughs) Oh, she stepped it up big time. Yeah.
0: I have nothing for the next episode. I don't know what I'm going to do. This is it. This is my best material right here.
1: (laughs) Okay. So at this point, the thing thing about you and for the listeners to understand about Nora is that, uh, I mean... Anything's on the table, really, with her. Anything. Like, like there's, there's a possibility that anything could be possible. There's no maybe that doesn't sound true. It's almost like she literally has done it all. So I don't even know. Uh, <laughs> okay, I'm just going to have to go with David Copperfield.
0: David Copperfield made me disappear in a magic act. That's true. Damn! <laughs> that was a lot of fun, by the way. I just got it. It's one of those things where you get called up by the audience, and there I was. It was great. No.
1: Oh, man. <laughs> okay. So, which one is a lie?
0: Woody Harrelson did not teach me to ride a Segway. He taught, he taught. I, I filmed a movie with Woody Harrelson. I, he was there, and he had a Segway. But he taught one of the the uh, other actors that I was with to ride the Segway. I was actually too scared. I was afraid I was going to fall off and embarrass him oh. <laughs> or embarrass myself in front of him.
1: Oh, my gosh. Which,
0: and- which, if you're asking, this does mean, yes, David Carradine did bark at me. That was his <coughs> – I don't know what happened there. I was a regular on Kung Fu, The Legend Continues with David Carradine. I played the waitress in the bar that they always hung out at I had to, they always made me have like weird hair and stuff and 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 for whatever re- we were on break and for whatever reason he comes through he has this beautiful little saint bernard puppy cutest little thing ever and I'm standing there and I'm looking at him walking his puppy through the set and he turns to me and he looks at me and he barks and he keeps moving on yes <laughs> oh my that gosh. really happened
1: <laughs> wow uh, all right okay so that, we're even that that was good all right we're we're one apiece now all right okay all right that was that was a lot of fun oh man damn it What do you feel like talking about today? <laughs> um,
0: okay, well, I think I'm kind of on the uh, the the breakup bandwagon right now. Um, <laughs> because you know i mean i really feel the poetry in in going in sequential order here and if we're really gonna if we're gonna this is really a fabulous exercise for me to look back on the glories of my 12 years of full-time travel and if we're really gonna get in and get dirty which is what this podcast is about i think that that you know we just i've survived the fires let's <laughs> let's now watch my relationships crumble into oblivion Shall we? <laughs> what we're going to be talking about today uh, brings home all the things that change in a relationship when you travel together. Uh, and, and the story, I'm spoiler alert, it doesn't have a happy ending. <laughs> uh, but it does have many, many practical lessons learned. So this will be uh, both educational and, if not inspirational, uh, entertaining.
1: Fantastic. And that's all we asked for, you know, to be a little bit entertained <laughs> and to learn a little something, something. That's all. Off you go then.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and begin. Woo. <laughs> well, I think this story needs to start where any good story starts, which is at the beginning. And uh, this, uh, this particular beginning begins uh, before I actually started traveling full time. Uh, I'd been dating a fellow. Uh, <laughs> we'll call him Kelly. And we'd been dating for about six months when I decided that uh, I was going to sell everything to travel full time. Now, six months is uh, unfortunate, really, because it was uh, too long a period of time for us to have been together for me to go, okay, well then, bye, I'm off, Uh, see you never. And it was too (laughs) short a period of time for us to have been together for me to say, want to come? So I opted for door number 2. I said, mm, "Want to come?" And uh he adopted my mission to travel the world full time with all the enthusiasm of a puppy dog. Uh-huh. Uh and it was uh <laughs> the good news is it was really it was a wonderful thing because going through the exercise of uh selling everything that I owned and he did the same thing as well. Uh and going through the the um <clears throat> The preparation phases for traveling full time and uh, starting to hit the road together uh, is all of that is very intimidating. So, there was an element of solidarity that personally I found was greatly helpful in in getting me out the door. Uh, I I knew I wasn't doing it alone. I had someone to share these experiences with. So, would I have done it on my own anyway? Sure, I would have. Uh, Was it infinitely easier to do it with Kelly? Yes, it was. (laughs) <laughs> but that's where the happiness ended. <laughs> oh, no.
1: Like, as soon as you got on the plane or as soon as you got off the plane?
0: <laughs> well, I jest. I jest. We lasted almost three years on the road together.
1: Oh, gosh. Okay. So this not, is – I mean, you
0: hang your head. Don't hang your head. Three years, we had a good run.
1: No, what the, uh, that's what I'm saying. Three years, is that's a long time. Yeah. Uh... <laughs>
0: The the first thing that I I need to I I wrote an article about <clears throat> um, how travel can be hard on a relationship and and I wrote it on the back of my experiences with Kelly, um, but something that I'm not sure that I really covered uh, in in as in depth a way as I as I'm going to right now. Ooh. This is a, an exclusive with Christopher Rudder.
1: <laughs> exclusive uh, <I> like exclusives. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, is that <clears throat> he adopted the travel lifestyle with all the enthusiasm of a puppy dog. But the reality was, I don't think he really wanted to travel.
1: Oh.
0: So we started off completely unwittingly, both of us, not on the same foot.
1: Oh. Oh, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and this this played oh. out in a variety of ways, almost immediately. Um, oh. First of all, we weren't on the same foot financially. Uh, I, I had... I. I, I was a financial planner, ever the finance, before I was a financial planner, I was a financial planner. So I'd always been very responsible with my money. I would always saved and invested a huge portion of my income for the future. So by the time I reached the age of 30, I'd actually set up my financial future quite well, such that I knew that if I you know, embarked on this <clears throat> random lifestyle where I may or may not be making much, if any money, um, that at least my retirement was taken care of. Right. All I really needed to do was make enough money to live, uh, and I'd be okay. Kelly, on the other hand, was not in that position. He was in debt. Uh, oh, he didn't no. have um, uh, the aspirations for an online business that I was uh, developing. Uh, but what he did have were skills. He had a, a lot of transferable skills that he figured would translate into uh, the ability to make money along the way. Okay. But I noticed everywhere we went, he kind of, he dug in his heels and he he started to develop roots in every place that we went. Oh. And at first, I didn't notice it because at first it looked like a job. And it looked simply like, you know, we lived for seven months in the Rockies uh, of Alberta. And he had a, a good job as a bartender where he made a good amount of money that we knew was going to, we're going to help us in our future travels. But he got so invested in this job that I was, I was like, you, you know, we, we are going to move on from this, right? You do realize this is temporary. Ah. Um, so we did move on um, with, with fairly minimal friction uh, and we moved on to, to Hawaii where he fell in love, he fell uh, with the the island and the island life and everything there. And he started to get into spearfishing, and and he started to want to buy gear. He wanted to buy spearfishing gears and snorkels and fins and masks. And he didn't just want to buy the cheap stuff. He wanted to buy the good stuff because if you're going to buy it, you buy the good stuff. Right. And I was like. Whoa. Do you really want to spend a whole bunch of money on high quality gear you know we're going to move on right
1: <laughs> And you got to have to bring all that stuff with you Yeah,
0: yeah or get rid of it and yeah. I just been through the exercise of selling everything I owned and I realized whenever you sell something you're going to take a huge hit on it Yeah yeah. And I, I had taken a huge hit on, on all the things that I had owned. I didn't want to repeat that exercise, and I didn't want Kelly to, to repeat the exercise either. So it was one of many kind of signs along the way that he, he was not entirely on board right. for, for the lifestyle that I had signed up for and that he had by virtue signed up for with me. Right. So by the time we hit Australia – this was another place that he'd fallen completely in love with the place, uh, and he he expressed his love of Australia in various ways. But the real penny dropped. The first <laughs> real oh my god, did that just happen? Conversation we had was when he'd run out of money.
1: Oh no. Money money is always the thing that tears relationships apart whether you're at home in your own country or whether you're abroad straight up
0: Absolutely and you know as a financial planner I thought I had that covered because we we talked about money we communicated we were open about our finances and we had a, we had a, a rule and the rule was when your savings dip below $3000 you tell me Okay. because three thousand dollars in my head was a a reasonable emergency fund to have. It was also once the funds dip below that, we have to start reevaluating, either making more money, going back home, finding something different to do. You know, you don't want to get stuck on the other side of the world. Not having any money. He blew through three thousand dollars. He didn't tell me he blew through fifteen hundred dollars. He didn't even tell me he told me when he had less than a thousand dollars left in the bank. Oh, stop. Oh, and we were in australia ah. now by this point our relationship for other reasons was already in peril right uh, okay. i i'd already i'd already seen the, enough writing on the wall to realize that we were not going to make it through the long haul and he right. tells me this and now it's like well now i can't leave him in australia oh, man <laughs> like even oh, if man. i wanted to break up we can't because <laughs> He has no money. I can't leave him penniless in Australia. And I'm certainly not going to pay for him to get on a plane to go home to, he didn't have a home in Canada. So what My was gosh. he going to do? Wow. So this, this basically forced me into a position where I, I, I had to become financially responsible for him as well. Now mm. he did his best really to work, but he was finding that fin- uh, He discovered that finding jobs under the table when you travel is not as easy as he had hoped it would be. Mm-hmm. It took months sometimes to find a gig, and that gig uh, would would pay. I mean, it was none of this was legal. You, we were on tourist visas, so you had to find a, a someone who was prepared to pay you under the table right. in cash, and that inevitably ended up being less than you could earn if you were working traditionally. Yeah. So uh, you know he was he was really trying very hard, but it wasn't happening. Uh, and, and then you know it, things went from bad to worse when he spilt coffee all over his computer, and his computer stopped working. And he had aspirations of becoming a musician. He was creating music with his laptop and all this other gear that he bought. That made again traveling lightly. Was impossible with him <laughs> because of all this gear he had and these aspirations he had towards being a musician that thus far had not, um, certainly not, um, paid any bills, shall we say. Oh, so then you know, then I felt bad for him, and then I uh, bought him a laptop, and then you know, one thing after another after another, and the 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 balance of our relationship shifted. Mm. Uh, And it shifted in ways that ultimately we were unable to recover from. But ultimately, I had also acquiesced to, okay, well, we can't break up until something breaks us up. I cannot leave him until something else happens that means he'll be okay. Now, the something that did happen (laughs) was Australia's worst ever natural disaster, the bushfires. (laughs) Yay! Isn't that fantastic? (laughs) Yes, as I
1: said earlier, it's episode fifteen. For those who'd like to listen to it right <laughs> exactly. after this episode, <laughs>
0: you can hear the whole scoop of that five episodes ago. Um, but amazingly, what you know, the upshot of this that was great. Was because of the humanitarian work we did in the, in the aftermath of these bushfires that we were ultimately stuck in the middle of, the Australian government and the Canadian embassy banded together to extend our Australian visas and give us working rights.
1: Ah, wicked. Okay, that this works.
0: Was, this was the lifesaver because and this allowed Kelly to get a job. And we already had connections with an outdoor education company. And this was exactly along the lines of what he used to do back in in Canada. So it was perfect. And he got hired. And just like every other time that he'd done when he'd gotten a job on the road, he threw himself body and soul into it.
1: Wow.
0: Now, that's okay (laughs) because it meant he was bringing in some money and he was replenishing his coffers. But it also meant that a lot of time was ticking by and we were still in Australia. And my itchy feet had long, long ago begged that I hit the road again.
1: So now there's a little bit of resentment on your part, probably.
0: Yep. <clears throat> Definitely some resentment started hitting in. And the resentment was uh, gone to a new level when after a year of working for this company, where he by this stage of the game, he had enough money for us to hit the road again. He instead dedicated himself to renewing his work visa with them under the guise that he was needed. Oh, they need me. They need me and they're going to sponsor me to stay for another year. I have to stay for at least another year. Oh, man. And I was like, Ooh, okay. And I looked at the cost for me to stay on with him and I would I would if I didn't need the working visa, I was working online. Um, so I would instead get some kind of uh, spousal visa and the cost for me to get this spousal visa and stay in Australia with him for another year, which is exactly the opposite of anything that I wanted to do, right. was going to be so much that I realized with that very same money, I could take off and travel for the next six months. Well, wow. he stayed back and worked. Wow. So that's exactly the arrangement that we came to. Uh, he was initially very nervous of being on his own in Australia, but he had the support network of 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 the the job. He, he was a, a fairly dependent guy uh, in terms of the relationship, uh, but you know, listen, let me let's <laughs> let let me be honest. We were codependent. Code uh, that's right. what happens. You know, you yeah. choose a dependent partner because you're dependent as well. So of course, sure. Um, yeah. But what I really wanted was to spread my wings. So this seemed like the best solution for both of us. I said, look, hun, i I'm a, I'm a takeoff. I'm a travel for six months. I will come back. I promise you I'll come back. He extracted me uh, uh, <laughs> very solemn promises that I would come back and that we could resume our lives together and everything would be grand. Imagine my surprise two weeks later when I was in New Zealand and he called me to break up with me. <sighs>
1: Stop. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
0: my gosh. By this point, he had already found a new girlfriend. (sighs) He so disliked living on his own. I I knew he was dependent, but I didn't realize he was this uh, dependent and uh so uh, it was and it was i'd already seen the writing on the wall with this girl it was it was you know very apparent that she had a crush on him uh and he insisted 10 ways to sunday that he had zero attraction to her he she was she was uh she was horrible she was ugly she was not his type there was no way he would ever want to be with this woman absolutely not no 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 two weeks later he's with
1: her Two weeks later. later. So you know that that's not really two weeks later.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. It's not two weeks later. Uh, So the the ending that I, I generally share when I'm sharing the muchly abbreviated version of this tale is, I left him in Australia with his Australian girlfriend and moved on with my travels. (laughs)
1: all right mate oh my gosh wow
0: so so that's the overview but what i'd really like to do is i'd really like to just speak about some of the observations i have about relationships on the road and how people travel together because this is where i think i can just turn a random Slightly disastrous relationship story into something that people can can walk away with and go, yeah, you know what? Hmm, she's smart because right now I'm not smart. I, anyone who's listening to this is like, wow, she's really
1: dumb. Well, so. well, n- no, I, I don't think so. Uh, the fact that you, you know, couldn't leave him by himself actually says a lot about your character. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, we can we can play the, the thing like, yeah, she's an idiot. Me, I would be gone, you know, but but it's it's <laughs> kinda of like like really I I probably would have done the same thing even if I knew that everything was sort of done. I would feel guilty. And that's just my nature. Um and I th- I think that just says a lot about your character. You're not gonna leave a person, you know what I mean, until you know that you're leaving them in a good position. And it says a lot about your character or something to be commended. So, you know. Aw,
0: thank you. Yeah.
1: This segment is brought to you by the book, How to Get Free Accommodation Around the World, by none other than Nora Dunn.
0: In all of my 12 years of traveling the world full-time, I saved over $100,000 on accommodation. And I had incredible culturally immersive and rewarding experiences in so doing. Uh, I also stayed in beautiful spots around the world, so getting free accommodation does not mean sacrificing on style, and there's lots of different ways to do it, from volunteering to house-sitting to hospitality exchanges, living on boats, and home exchanges. In my book, I talk about all five different forms of free accommodation, I show you how to get gigs, I show you how to stand out and create profiles that will put you in demand, and if you happen to be running an online business, I talk about doing that concurrently to getting various forms of free accommodation, because some are definitely better than others in terms of getting free accommodation. Uh, it's in its third edition now and all for the cost of a cheeseburger. You can learn all these different ways to get free accommodation and it will pay for itself in less than one night on your next trip.
1: All the knowledge that you've gathered from this experience um, and let us have it. I, I think it's going to be just don't travel with your significant other, but you know, maybe there's <laughs> more to culture. <it>, <laughs>
0: <laughs> well it's not going to be don't travel with your significant other but I do actually say if you want if you want to find out if if the the person that you fancy is the one take a trip with them because you're going to learn a lot You're gonna learn a lot. And you know what, if you guys aren't gonna last, better to, lesson number one, let's get into it. Travel accelerates the natural progression of a relationship.
1: Absolutely. So does being in isolation, but sure, carry on.
0: Ooh, this is so true. Very true. Good point.
1: And we're not traveling no nowhere. We're
0: going to no, so see a lot of divorce and a lot of babies out of this. This is it. That's it. It's going to be one or the other. One of the other. Getting yeah. divorced or we're having sixteen children.
1: <laughs> exactly. So, but, but but yes, your your first point, very very true. Um, uh, you learn when you travel. You definitely learn a lot about yourself. Um, you learn a lot about. you're going to learn a lot with the person that you're traveling with. You're going to learn, you're going to learn things that you didn't even know about yourself or certain things that, that that person does that actually annoys you. And (laughs) and the only way for that to happen is that things need to take place that brings that out. And now
0: you're, now you're jumping into a whole different lesson.
1: Oh gosh. That's
0: (laughs) That's another lesson entirely. Christopher. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
1: I'll go back in the hallway with my face facing the wall again, <laughs> like elementary school. <laughs> face I, the I, wall. I was that kid. Okay, carry on.
0: <laughs> no, but you know what? Uh and and actually you bring it up, let's talk about it because you're absolutely right. This is it. Travel, uh it it, it whew, you learn a lot about someone. You know why? Because you're spending 24-7 with them. Yeah. And travel inherently puts you in stressful situations you're Mm -hmm. out of your comfort zone you 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 lack the familiarity that provides you with a with stability there is no stability in travel and stuff is always going to go wrong and so you're you're constantly being dealt situations where stuff is going wrong Um, this does not usually breed our best selves so now you're looking at your partner who's stressed out and is definitely not their best self and you're looking at yourself and I, I'm not my best self. Wow. <laughs> this is it. This is, this. Is, you know what? I mean, if you want to know your partner, watch them under stress because this, oh is, this, is, this is where a lot of true colors come out. Like, how are you going to react to stress? Are you going to get angry? Are you going to go fetal? Are you going to you know go into problem solving mode? Are you going to go into <laughs> blaming mode? Yeah, There's a lot oh of different gosh. reactions we have to travel stressors. And man, you're going to learn about them all when you're traveling with a partner.
1: And and you prefixed it really well because you did decide to leave at a very specific time because six months in a relationship, you're right. It's long enough to have some, you're still in a puppy dog phase as far as I'm concerned. Uh, so all the realities of the relationship haven't even really hit yet in six months, I think. So you're still in a position where, well, you know, you like this person but you know you're still getting to know this person um so but you like them enough to know that if you were to leave them you're gonna miss them
0: exactly so so
1: it's it's a that's a very good point that you brought up right from the right from the get-go i mean yeah wow
0: yeah so inevitably it, it needless to say we got to know each other pretty quickly uh, through the process of of traveling in those initial years, uh, and we got the uh, we certainly had the ability to see each other react to stressful situations, uh, and uh, one of the things that we learned uh, collectively is that we we don't deal with stressful situations collectively in any sort of sort of graceful manner. Like it was, we, we would set each other off rather than like, you know how some couples are really good. One person's a calming force when the other one goes off the rails and then vice versa. And they're able to switch roles and Mm. be stabilizing forces for one another. Yeah. That was not us. No, not even, not even close. In fact, we just, we set each other. I mean, in some of my stressful moments in Australia, I put holes in walls. I'm not a hole in wall kind of girl. I don't do that. Oh my gosh! And I I did that. I, I it, we would send each other into such tizzies. Wow! Uh, uh, that it was just it, you know. Eventually, of course, it just became impossible. And that was yeah, that yeah. was around the time that I I realized I needed to go uh, travel for a while.
1: Yeah, because this person is making me do stuff that I wouldn't normally do.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but. But let's get back to, to the the first point that I made that I believe uh, warrants some expansion, which is that travel accelerates the natural progression of a relationship. Right. Like you were saying, six months is not a long time to be together under normal circumstances. <laughs> because how, how do we live our lives? I mean, how do we date when we both live in the same city? We see each other a couple of times a week. If we're really serious, we might see each other, you know, three or four times a week. Um, but we still have our jobs and we still sleep.
1: It's, th- it's not like you're moving in together, like right exactly.
0: away. Exactly. But you know what? Let's say you even do move in together and you live together in the same city. You still go to your separate jobs and you work in different places. You still probably have uh, separate social circles. So you have things that you do apart from one another. So you're still, even if you live together, you're still only spending a few hours of every waking day together.
1: Again, unless you're in isolation, but sure, carry on. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Yeah, isolation changes all that. And in fact, actually, this this episode is actually quite profound uh, because I think there's a lot of ways that we can actually draw parallels uh, from a relationship management perspective anyway between travel and isolation. So, so imagine us in in this situation where we've been dating, dating for six months, and suddenly now we're traveling together. So not only are we together 24-7, but we're, we're, we're in stressful situations all the time. So this happens on the road, even with friendships, like regularly, uh, you, you'll meet somebody on the road and you can click with them and you just, you get on like a house on fire. And if you guys have some flexibility in your travel itineraries, you might decide to travel together for a while. And that's it. You're BFFs forever. I mean, that's it. We're, we're going to march off into the sunset together as the best of friends. I can't believe I found my soul sister and <laughs> That, I mean, it's and I've done. It's happened over and over again to me. I have these really fierce friendships. They they solidify extremely quickly, and they dissolve equally as quickly. Not necessarily with any kind of catastrophic breakup, but usually travel meet. You know, you travel together for a while, and then you separate. They go their way. You go yours. You swear to one another that you'll be continue to be best friends forever, and and you stay in touch. With those best of intentions for the first while, but nine times out of ten, you slowly start to drop out of one another's lives, and you yeah. communicate less and less. Right. Uh, or, you know, the, I mean, the flip side of that is you might actually have an equally intense argument that results in an equally intense ending to the friendship as as uh, the beginning was. Right. So wow. it, it's everything on the road happens faster than it would normally. So three years of traveling full time on the road together is like 20 years of that's
1: what, <laughs> that's what I was going to say.
0: Yeah. <laughs> being with somebody. Like, actually, if I think of it that way, I mean, I've, I've had, let's, let's get it right. I've had a handful of relationships in my, in all my years on the road. I'm, I mean, I, if you think about like dogs and dog years, you know, like, I, Oh yeah, it's my dog's 10 years old, but in dog years, he's 70 years old. So me. <laughs> I mean, like, relationship-wise, I've had, like, 150 years of relationships.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. <laughs> wow.
0: I don't know how much wiser I am for it, but,
1: <laughs> no, but you know, I'm here you're, to
0: tell the story.
1: But you're already dropping signs. I mean, it makes sense. All right. Okay, so what kind of tips would you have with regards to traveling with a, in a relationship or even – just with friends? What what checks need to happen? You know what I mean?
0: I think the the biggest thing is communication. The the, the easiest way to avert problems, because most problems stem from some form of miscommunication. Some feeling has not been properly expressed. Some needs have not been properly stipified, stipified, stipulated, typified and stipulated, (laughs) stipified.
1: I was gonna say met, but sure. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's so boring. When you can turn it into a three-syllable word, why wouldn't you? Really, <laughs>
1: Exactly. what was I thinking? Sorry. <laughs>
0: um, so the, the the best way, really, through any of this, is to have this rock-solid level of communication. Uh, and I, and I will say, as a as a kind of a happy uh, ending, the relationship that I that I'm in right now um, is one that has only survived by virtue of the fact that we talk about anything. Uh, we when we do travel together, uh, we will get into arguments as as anybody will. We'll have our this you know for whatever reason it doesn't matter what it is but we'll have a snit and and we have this system where we you know we'll get into the the, the argument, and we'll, we'll play it through however it plays through, which usually ends with us uh, stopping somewhere mid-force, realizing it's a useless exercise. <laughs> yes. And we retreat to our respective corners of the room and we sulk for as long as needs be. <laughs> and then we reconvene when we're ready. Usually food is involved. It's like, oh my God, I'm starving. I have to eat. So let's just talk to one another. And we say, oh, what just happened? What 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 happened? Why why did we just have that argument? well, when you said this, you made me think of this and I know this doesn't actually have anything to do with you, but it triggered me and then it made me think of this and then I started going off that way and I'd be like, oh my God, because when you responded with that, that made me think of something else, my thing, and then I responded that way and then, and, and then we'll realize that we had an argument that really didn't have anything to do with the actual situation at hand, mm. but instead involved us being triggered by some idea we had of whatever was happening that was right. actually not, not accurate in terms of what was actually happening in the room at the time. So then we're able to talk about it. And usually what we do is we put a measure in place where we say, okay, I don't want to trigger you again. I don't want you to trigger me again like that. So if this happens again, like if you end up saying something that triggers me and makes me think this, instead of responding emotionally, like I did this time that led to an argument, I'm gonna stop the whole thing before it starts and I'm going to stop it with like a safe word. So like it's going to be like some random term that has nothing to do with anything that will take us out of ourselves to realize, Ooh, wait a minute. We're just about to head down that road. And Uh. it'll be like purple pork floss waffle. (laughs) That's one of our safe words. And I don't even remember the trigger point that it's for anymore, but we, we love the term purple pork floss waffle because it means nothing. And, and that's now become our universal safe word because the irony is once we establish the safe word and we have that level of, of kind of consciousness now to what we're saying, we don't trigger each other anymore.
1: Hmm. Interesting. So
0: it's, and this all boils down to communication. And whether it's with your friends or your family or your partner, I think if you talk through this stuff enough, and you're willing to to hear truly hear what it is your partner has to say without feeling attacked then you can get through a lot more than than we would if we're we're reacting emotionally to everything which is really easy to do when you travel i mean that's it that everything is an emotional reaction to something else
1: what about um while traveling like now i don't know how to put this but what about like knowing your role for example because you brought up a lot of good points about relationships that tend to be good so for example you have the ones that are stronger in this area and the ones that are you know not as strong in this area they kind of balance out so when this situation involves this person who's stronger in that area will kind of take foot and then you know when it's something else this person will kind of and then you were talking about balance right uh so what about that with regards to travel though um I don't even know what I'm asking right now.
0: Uh, You know what I do? And I I think it's a great, I mean, I think this really boils down to, I mean, I I think what we're really talking about now are relationships in general. Um, But it's certainly uh, when you take it and put the relationship in the context of travel, everything is accelerated. Everything Mm. is larger than life. All the issues are going to come out a lot faster than they would in, in quote unquote, normal life. Uh, So everything is just, uh, it's, level 11 <laughs> wow. on the dial of 1 to ten travel takes everything to 11 so uh, regarding the roles in a relationship uh, and and recognizing recognizing what people are good at and what they're not good at that's really important and that was that's certainly an area where I failed extraordinarily so with Kelly because mm. uh, he was good at many things Um but because I was, there's a little bit of a personal admittance here. I'm a wee bit of a control freak. Just saying. Um, yeah. I've been working on this pretty hard for a long time. Uh,
1: Hi, my name is Nora Dunn. And I've <laughs> <laughs>
0: And when it came to travel my my emotional reaction to travel is I have to control everything I possibly can because there were so many factors I can't control Right. So that also meant that I took control of many elements of our relationship or many elements of our the logistics of our traveling life together Mm. That firmly put him in the passenger seat Right And that wasn't fair to him Because then, because he got used to that role eventually when he, if I'd given him an opportunity to shine and to prove to me that he was capable of being more than a passenger, perhaps I would have given him more credit for things, you know, perhaps things would have been less painful. I mean, we might have come to the same outcome together, but certainly a, a shortcoming that I had personally that I recognize in retrospect is that we didn't have that conversation about Travel. All right. How is our life going to look together? What do you want to provide? What are you going to bring to the table, and what am I going to bring to the table, and how mm-hmm. can we do this as partners, as a partnership, right. instead of one person? I didn't even trust him to carry his own passport. Oh man! <laughs> you know, I mean, and listen, women do this all the time. This is not—I'm not the only one. Um, but you know, he lost his wallet. So, as far as I was concerned, if he lost his wallet, he could just as soon lose his passport. And I was so scared. Because I was new at travel, too. I was so scared of us getting, you know, stranded on the other side of the world without passports. Like, you can't get a new passport abroad. Like, it doesn't happen to people all the time, right? But I was so worried about hedging against these potential disasters that I created a disaster.
1: Mm. Wow. Oh, that's that's deep. <laughs> that's, that's very deep. Um all right. So the moral of the story is just don't travel with anyone. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, but this is, this is uh, so fantastic. Um, thank you so much for sharing uh, your insight on that. Cause it is very, it's very unique. And I never really thought about relationships as an actual travel horror story. Uh, but I mean, leave it to Nora and she'll
0: (laughs) She can turn anything into a disaster (laughs) Woo! No, I
1: wasn't (laughs) going to say that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, in truth, I mean, listen, the relationship wasn't a, a disaster or a horror story um, because, again, this can happen anywhere. And, and a lot of the stuff in travel can happen anywhere in the world. It's, it's more colorful on the road, certainly. Um, and what it does do, is, though, is it highlights the, the pitfalls that mm. can happen on the road to a relationship. Right. Uh, and i i had i listen i got other breakups i could share with you as well uh there was that time i was dumped by instant message oh that was fun um, there was that other time i was house sitting and and then and then we broke up and then i never returned to the place where i we actually came from where all my stuff was yeah that was fun too but you know the it, listen it's every travel experience. And hopefully the listeners of your po- podcast will understand that. I mean, we tell everything with a little bit of a sensationalistic, uh, mis- you know, thrill of the misadventure mm, kind of view, but really everything can be reframed any way you want to reframe it. And, uh, yes, it was a disaster, but it was an opportunity. Yes, it was horrific, but it was also a learning experience. And people often ask me, would you, you know, what would you redo? If you could redo anything in your lives on, in your life on the road, what would you do differently? And I say, nothing. Yes, I've had a lot of really weird things happen to me on the road, but every experience helped make me who I am today and helped me, you know, led me in one way or another to where I'm sitting right now, physically and metaphysically. And, and I couldn't imagine my life in any other way.
1: Yeah, yeah, and those—that's very good words to li- live by. So, in essence, what we're saying is that you should travel, then, because, <laughs> well, well, because I mean, for me personally, it—it uh, it is the I've learned so much. I mean, I've learned a lot of like I'm just so smart now. It, it, it sounds oh, funny, you're but modest too. I know, I know. <laughs> you said that to me before. Um, <laughs>
0: Because you've said that before. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, no, but uh, Some things never change. Exactly. <laughs> no, but I was just saying, like, like after you visit, when I when I write my itineraries or when you know uh, I research about a place before I go there, then I get there, that I talk with the locals, and I I understand different ways of living and different lifestyles and different uh, history and different facts and different stories. Then you just be, you just know stuff all of a sudden, right? But on a deeper level, when you go through all this stuff, you learn the most about yourself, right? So you learn, you learn, you learn like, what am I made of? What can I not tolerate? What can I not deal with? What is difficult for me? What makes me happy? What makes me sad? Like travel just brings all this stuff out in you. Uh, You know, how do I feel safe? What am I not safe from? It just brings all these things out. So, I mean, travel is, if anything, um, is to learn about yourself because I can't think of anything else where you will learn about yourself as much as travel will teach you. Um,
0: Absolutely. And even if that's not what you set out to do, Uh, You'll learn about yourself. You'll learn about
1: yourself regardless.
0: There's that (laughs) saying, you know, people often say you're either traveling to run away from something or you're looking for something. And uh, the irony of that, of course, uh, is anyone who's looking to run away from something realizes that uh, no matter where you travel or no matter how far you travel, there you are.
1: Yeah. (laughs) You're trying to run away from yourself.
0: Yeah. It doesn't work very well.
1: (laughs) What the hell? You're still here? (laughs) (laughs) Go away. No. (laughs) where where can people find you
0: people can find me at theprofessionalhobo.com. Uh, <laughs> and there you will find all kinds of adventures misadventures and tools and tricks to help you travel uh long short or medium term uh in in creative and effective ways
1: oh my gosh thank you so much for doing this and i can't wait to hang out with you again on episode 25
0: With great pleasure. It's always a lot of fun. I love your laugh. Uh, You make me feel funnier than I think I really am. So I appreciate you for drawing my inner comedian out. Nope.
1: (laughs) It's not that hard. Trust me. (laughs) Uh, Just... Whenever I'm around you, it's automatically start laughing and joking. It's really not that hard, to be honest. <laughs> Make it very easy. Um, no, this is uh So much fun. Totally. Awesome. All right. Case closed. That's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget that you can listen to the show over at www.travelhorrorstoriespodcast.com. And if you're listening on your mobile device please take a second to give the episode a five-star rating and leave a comment. It really helps the show and episodes get discovered by more people. Plus, your feedback will help me tweak and change the show to make it the best show on the internet. Yes. Cheers.